This is Corinne. And this is Ayani. And you're listening to Sex, Love, Literature, a pop culture podcast where we take a semi-scholarly look at why and how the sex stuff in media matters. We're continuing our three-part miniseries on Lost You Forever by diving right into a truckload of spoilers. In honor of the reverse haremness of it all, we've organized our discussion around leading Lady Zhao Yao and her four suitors. Of course, this episode, we start with Zhao Yao herself and her many abandonment issues. <laughs> then, we get into our complicated feelings about her charming, ambitious cousin Sang Zhuan and his dangerous pursuit of the throne. Finally, as a treat, mostly for me, we also talk about Zhao Yao's bratty half-sister Amyan because she's the worst, and that makes me love her more. <laughs> Don't worry, Feng Feng Bay fans. Stay tuned for part three of our discussion for our hot takes on the rest of the harem. You can find us on Instagram at sexlovelit to let us know who you think Xiao Yao should end up with. And like really do because I don't really know. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Plus, if you add a comment, it really helps other folks find SLL, too. All right, let's do it. Hello, hello, listeners. Welcome back to SLL Sex Love Literature. We're so excited to have you back here, and we are also extra excited to be getting into the spoilery version of Lost You Forever Part one part one referring to the show itself not to our episode uh (laughs) but uh so for those of you who didn't listen to our first part in the first episode on lost you forever we covered the context the characters a little bit about the release context for the show so Hmm. definitely go back and listen to that even if you are a lost you forever well especially if you are a diehard lost you forever fan Mm. i think you Mm -hmm. will appreciate the context even if it does lack a little bit in spoilers yeah and there are time codes if you're like i know who these people are i want to skip around it yes it it is uh spoiler free ish but it is not analysis and reaction free Mm. Yeah, we had a lot of reactions. I think it just kind of like spilled out while we were talking. Oh yeah, we have a lot of feelings about like, they just they overflow. <laughs> Why don't we kind of like speed into it? We can do a really quick lightning round of what's sparking joy and save most of the time for just getting into our feelings about Lost You Forever. Uh, I wonder if we'll get choked up like we did when we talked about um, Crash Landing on You many, many moons ago. I I'm going to say no, I don't think so, but I could easily be wrong. Ooh. Now we'll have to see by the end of the episode if one of us is like, <laughs> we're going to try and make each other cry. <laughs> Honestly, you'd win though. I'm so much easier to make cry than you are. Very normal podcast behavior. <laughs> All right, but before before Sorry. we get into it. While Ayani gets it together, uh, we are going to start with a lightning round of What's Sparking Joy, which is a brief segment where we talk about something we are watching, reading, or listening to that is currently sparking joy for us. So we are doing song version uh, this time because <laughs> we do that when we do part twos because we're like, we're going to make it quick. But, you know, uh, Ayani, what are you listening to right now that you like? <laughs> That's a very broad question, but... I picked the song Pharaohs by Subtract featuring Roses Gabor because it was a song that I was like super into maybe like, I don't know, six years ago, seven years ago mm-hmm. that apparently had fallen off of my favorites list somehow. I don't know if it was just in my pocket and I pushed a button and it disappeared or if the version I have was removed from Spotify or something, but it came up on a playlist that I was listening to on a whim that was like, blog era i think it was called and i was like holy fuck i love this song why have i not heard it in like years and i checked my list and it wasn't there and i was like oh adding this bitch back right now so i've kind of been listening to it making up for lost time because it makes me so happy and i just haven't heard it in a really long time so pharaohs by subtract is what is sparking a lot of joy for me right now what about you 
Uh, for me, it is the single You and Me by Jenny from Blackpink. I am not hugely a K-pop person, uh, but the one exception for that is the group Blackpink. So, It's funny. You say you're not hugely a K-pop person, but that feels that feels a little false. Okay. Just a I, little. I, so I listen to a lot of K-pop, um, but I got into K-pop more the route of watching a lot of K-dramas and because mm-hmm. a lot of like artists – who like contribute to OSTs are K-pop artists. That's kind of how I got into that. Um, but I, there are very few groups that I like actively follow. That, that's becoming less true. There are more that I like am excited when they drop an album or whatever. But Blackpink was the first one where I was like, that's true. Ah, mm-hmm. These are my girls. Yeah. So You and Me by Jenny. Now, I don't think I've listened to that one. I don't think it's on our joint playlist. So I'll search it out. I'll send you a link. Well, there's also it's a really it's real it's a really catchy tune. Um, but it also has really, really good dance choreography. Uh Ooh. and there's like the, the music video for it is good, but there's another version of the music video that's like splicing together different concert performances of Ooh. it. And it'll it's like it works really well with like the beat of the song. Uh Ooh. so it's very visually and aesthetically interesting, in addition to just being like a fun song. Well, that sounds like it needs to go in the show notes. All right. Well, that has been the lightning round of what sparking joy. (laughs) (laughs) That was a lightning sound if you did not know. That's (laughs) definitely how lightning sounds. Not like thunder. (laughs) I hate you so much. (laughs) You know what it was? It was more like a lightning McQueen sound. Ka-chow. Than lightning striking the ground, which would sound like thunder. You're absolutely right. <laughs> like thunder? <laughs> but sometimes we say thunder instead of thunder, and it's fine. <laughs> we're human beings, and we're allowed to make mistakes, which is one of my mantras, actually, that I tell for myself sometimes when I'm like in peak anxiety mode. However, my anxiety (laughs) aside, (laughs) let's get into Lost You Forever, though, because I have big feelings and I think we need to talk about them. (laughs) To quote you in the outline, in honor of the reverse haremness of it all, we'll be organizing this episode around Zhao Yao's primary love interests, which is very exciting. There are a couple things that I think I want to throw in front of us going into, like, talking about the boys, but I'm... I'm very glad that I said that on a whim and you were like, actually, no, that's genius. That's how we're organizing the episode. I appreciate you. And I just want all of the listeners to know how much I appreciate that. As a reminder for context, in case it's been a minute since you've watched Lost You Forever, Zhao Yeo is the female lead and she has four, three of whom are convincing uh, love interests. (laughs) This is why Corinne killed Fong Long in our... Last episode. Go back to it for context. Um, but the, but the four the four male leads, I guess we can call them, are Sang Chuan, who is her cousin, fake brother, fake yes. Tushan Jing, who is oh, I guess we can do spoilers now because it's a spoilery episode. Who she meets first in the mortal realm uh, mm-hmm. and goes by the name or is named, let's say Yi Chi, who we are definitely going to get into. Um, because I love him. We also then have uh, Zhang Liu, also known as Fang Feng Bei. Oh, mm-hmm. I can't wait to talk about him. I'm so excited. And then last but not least, uh, we have Fang Long, uh, who Corinne thinks is not a convincing love interest, even though I love him deeply. Uh, love interest for me, I guess, not for Zhao <laughs> <laughs> But before we get into talking about the dudes, what are overall reactions now that we can talk, spoiler filled, our mouths can be free to say what we want. <laughs> like, give us give us your general feelings about Lost You Forever. Oh, I love this show so much. Like, it is. I don't. I, I mean, actually, I'm going to say I think it is a perfect C drama. Whoa, perfect! I oh think my it's goodness! Perfect. Wow, that whew, okay. Uh, why perfect? I mean, there's nothing that I would change. Like, I think everything is very logically and clearly set out. Not the characters always behave logically, but they always behave, I think, to me, understandably based on who Mm. they are. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
I think the performances are all so so good like I don't think there's a weak link in the five mains like I think they're Mm -hmm. all doing excellent work Um, and I think another thing that really is compelling to me about it in it being this sort of like reverse harem situation and I kind of said this in our last episode but like I truly like I haven't I have an idea who Xiaoyao ends up with because in part because of book spoilers but like Mm -hmm. when I am watching it I truly do not know who I think she should end up with Mm, and -hmm. like who I want to be with her and who I want her to be with and who I think could make her happy and like and and I think that like being legitimately torn at least three ways and sometimes four (laughs) Uh, (laughs) man I'm being so rude to Fong Long and he's so sweet so rude leave that man alone but like I I think that's really compelling to not really know both who I think she should be with and also to not know which one I myself prefer Uh uh-huh I think is really hard to do yeah yeah I'm not going to go as far as you and say that it is perfect I know but I will say the pacing worked better for me than you but go on I wasn't even going to nitpick at that I'm just I rarely will say a piece of art is perfect because I don't want to I don't know open it up to unfair criticism no that's in a way. fair uh I don't I don't think any piece of art is perfect though I will say that I think it does a good job I think you're right I think the way that the characters all interact makes a lot of sense but is also very compelling I think I'm compelled by all of the motivations of the individual characters I think there were things in them Not that relatability is the most important piece of media at all, right? But I do find that there were moments where the characters were doing things that I was like, oh, yes, mood, (laughs) same. There there were a lot of things, I think, that were in situations that were very, to me, emotionally resonant. Yeah. Like, I am not – I am obviously not an immortal deity. From China. This is is not a situation (laughs) that I find myself in. But I understood and – empathized with like a lot of Zhao Yao's issues sure like and the way the way she just couldn't trust anybody like it made sense to me like why she like she's not always a kind or a nice person Mm. but I understood the reasons why she wasn't when she wasn't yeah and it, it made me frustrated sometimes when she wasn't in a way that I would be frustrated I don't know with somebody that I care about if that makes sense but mm-hmm. actually since you started talking about that why don't we dive into talking about Zhao Yao with one quick note. We're going to save when we're going through kind of like the love interest rundown. We're going to save our conversation of Tushan Jing till the end. But let's talk about Zhao Yao because I think she is such an interesting female lead, such an interesting hero mm-hmm. for us to follow. Um, in part because of the fact that we start with her being a man, right? That she's been mm-hmm. a man for at least the last 30 years, right? By the start Long, of the drama. At, at least she's been a a wandering or like a low-class physician. Yeah. For decades. Yeah. And she specializes <laughs> in infertility. Right, which No, I'm going to finish my thought before I come back to her infertility being interesting. And We learn very quickly that she has a very traumatic and upsetting backstory, in part because Mm -hmm. episode one kind of gives us the run of the land before we we dive into the mortal realm, which is definitely a hard times in mortal time city style (laughs) situation. Like, ugh. Um, So when we meet our heroine, she's not a heroine. You know what I mean? So yeah, as Corinne said, she's a fertility doctor she does other kind of doctoring right if someone's like oh i broke my leg she'll be able to deal with that but her if someone has like a gash on their forehead she knows what to do right but her bread and butter is like herbs for people who are looking to get pregnant and have kids and she is also a poison specialist but that's on the down low god we're we're gonna come back and talk about zhao yao and her need to just like poison everybody because like she was doing like, the most. You can't just poison people because they look like somebody. Like, that's yeah. not polite. <laughs> it's not It's not appropriate behavior. But Xiaoya is just so fascinating. And I know that's not, like, actually diving into the analysis. But she just is such a layered character, mm-hmm. I think, 
um, because she has this shape-shifting face disease disorder thing that causes her to not be able to, like, maintain control of her appearance. Mm -hmm. And she was wandering in the woods for how many hundreds of years? Yeah, for centuries, right? Learning how to survive off the land, befriending random snakes, and, and was kidnapped by a mean fox demon. And tortured. And tortured for 30 years, I think. I think it was 40. Was it 40 years? It was a long time. You know, so she just has a lot going on. But what what about Zhao Yao stands out to you? So two main things. The first is I think the way that she – like I think what I wrote on the outline is she has more abandonment issues than you can shake a stick at. I mean, it's accurate. Because like the way that she <laughs> – experienced it was that her mother left and then her mother died but her mother had Mm -hmm. promised her to come back and she didn't Mm -hmm. and then she was sent to jade mountain where her father her her guga her brother song juan said he would come for her they didn't Mm -hmm. Uh, her grandfather Mm -hmm. was the one who sent her away Mm -hmm. and so she feels completely abandoned and then when she does try to get back to them herself like horrible things happen to her Yep. Like, she suffers a lot. So, like, she yeah. has reached this point where, like, she would rather not wh- – while both being indescribably lonely and, like, wanting companionship also doesn't want it because she would rather leave you first. Yep. Because mm-hmm. if you're if you're someone – she doesn't want someone who she cares about enough to care if they leave her. Yeah. And that leads her to, like, push a lot of people away or hold them at arm's length. Yeah. And in particular, what's really interesting kind of about her need for companionship, right, is that when we come into the story, when she's when Zhao Yu, um, she has kind of a family of mortals around her. Mm-hmm. There's old Mu, uh, mm-hmm. who is kind of like her second in command, let's say. Mm-hmm. He's an older man. I want to say maybe in his – he looks like maybe in his 50s, right? Yeah, and he, I think, deserted because he didn't want to fight in one of the armies. Yeah. Um, and then she's got two orphans, I want to say Freckle and – Freckle and Skinny. Skinny, yeah, who she's picked up that she's been watching out for, who over the course of the mortal arc secures them wives, watches them grow up. Freckle has his first child, you know. So these are people, humans, that she loves, but – while she is deeply invested in their feelings and their happiness, keeps them at an arm's length away from her own struggles. Well, it's like like she loves them and loves having them around, but she doesn't depend on them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She doesn't depend on them to be there if she needs them to be. Yeah. She's okay being in a provider and protector role, Mm -hmm. but does not want to be provided for or protected herself. Mm -hmm. I also want to – changing the subject just a little bit, but like something that I do think – is also very interesting about Zhao Yao, almost from like a disability studies lens, mm, mm-hmm. is the way that her because she starts out when she's a child, she has extraordinary spirit power, yes, um, which is like her. I don't really know how to explain spirit power. I know how to explain it. Okay, explain explain spirit power. So, for those of you that might be familiar with like Magic: The Gathering or those kinds of games, spirit power is almost like the mana that you have, your magical reserves, in order to like fight and defend yourself from other people who also have magical powers and abilities. So she starts out as being able – she's strong. She's got magical power. She can beat up the boys that are beating up baby San Juan, you know. But once she's stripped of that, not only can she not defend herself against magical abilities, but she can't use any magical abilities. She doesn't have that reserve of mana anymore to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. So – I really like that when even when they turn her back into into a lady uh, mm-hmm. and she gets and she is quote unquote returned to like her more natural form, she doesn't magically get her spirit power restored to her. Yep. Mm-hmm. That is, it's essentially a kind of magical disability almost, but that will simply just always be true for her. That unless she like stay unless she is willing to stay on Jade Mountain and go under like well, I what I read is like kind of like intensive treatment. Yeah, uh, with the for queen centuries, mother. that would have to be all that she devoted herself to. Then she's not getting her spirit power back. Like that's gone. Mm-hmm. 
So she has to find other ways to defend herself. She has to find other ways to fight. Some, mm-hmm. Like she has to learn, a f- not just learn archery, but learn a form of archery that does not depend on spirit power. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And she also, that is part of why she is so proficient and, and chose, I think, to become so proficient in poisons because mm-hmm. it's one of the only ways she has to defend herself. Right. And then simultaneously, though, interestingly, it's the only way that she has to heal others around her, so she mm-hmm. thinks. Because she uses medicine all the time to help people when she doesn't have the spirit power to, like, use magic mm-hmm. to heal either. So it's both her way of defending herself by being sneaky and cunning and being like, haha, I poison you. <laughs> but like, this is she- also how I can protect you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, she she got a lot. She got a lot going on. Do we want to talk about the father parental kind of stuff that's un- an undercurrent of the drama right now or we could talk about the love bugs <laughs> i think we could we talk about the love bugs when we talk about zhang liu well also i don't know what do you want to do because the love bugs also matter for song Juan. <laughs> i think we start with talking about them now because i think it's All good right. to introduce them and then we can kind of get into what happens with them when we talk about the snake man all right so we've already said that Zhao Yao is kind of a master of poisons. And when, as when Zhao Lu, she receives as a thank you, this pair of poisonous bugs. So poisonous bugs are a thing in this universe. You can implant poisonous bugs into people to do all kinds of mischief and mayhem and madness. But this is a special pair of poisonous bugs because they are a pair. Uh, when Xiao Lu does not know what makes them special, but is like, yeah, I'll feed them my blood and make them strong because that's a normal thing to do without question. And everyone actually calls her on this. Like, you just you just were raising them and didn't think about what they actually were. She was like, hey, sometimes you got to poison people. Oh, as, as a quick side note, something that is also interesting about Xiao Yao here that I'm pretty sure is because of the way that she lost her spirit power mm-hmm. is that her blood has sort of magical healing properties and i think that might be because her blood was like infused that's what happened to her spirit power oh is that what you got from it that's that's they don't ever say that but like interest that's not that's not how i interpreted uh, it well however it got to be that way her blood i mean she obviously has like a limited supply of blood to spare but like but you make more you know (laughs) But, like, she she can heal, like, someone if they are, like, in dire straits or, like, like, like she uses it sometimes to heal Tushan Jing and she mm-hmm. and then Zhang Liu, when he figures out that her blood is valuable, takes advantage of that. Yeah. Let's say. I, I thought it was because of her, her interesting history and background. Yeah. So I think that is also possible and I'm not sure. Interesting. Well, she got magical blood. <laughs> yes. I, either, no matter the reason, she's got yeah. magical blood. Which, you know what? It didn't dawn on me until right now. She was feeding magical blood to the love bugs. So you're su- yep. I think they need blood to be raised anyway, but she was feeding her like supercharged magical blood to these love bugs. So during the time in the mortal realm, she develops this somewhat friendly, somewhat antagonistic relationship with San Juan, who she does not know is her long-lost cousin. And mm-hmm. San Juan doesn't know that when when Xiao Yu is actually Xiao Yao in male form. And their relationship is both friendly and contentious. Yes. And over the course of the you said it was 16 episodes, right? The 16 episode mortal arc yeah, about she she turns back into Zhao Yao in I think episode 16 or 17. Yeah. So that also includes a little bit of like going to Howling and Okay. Stuff. Okay. So for for context, where we are to being Song Juan has come and set up in Qingshui Town ostensibly yes. to defeat the Changrong rebels, but also he's actually looking for Zhao Yao. Yes. And he's using a false name. Yes. And is set up as a wine merchant. Uh, so he's selling and making mulberry wine. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of his cover. That's that's the reason she doesn't recognize him. Because also he's a grown man now and she hasn't seen him since he looked like an eight-year-old boy. But 
also because he's using a false name and is there under he's not there under false pretenses but like he's not advertising why he's there yeah exactly so because they have this kind of contentious relationship that involves (laughs) Anyan causes some trouble um they have some back Mm. and forth about like kidnapping and murder attempts and all that kind of stuff I, i love Anyan; she's the worst She's the worst, yes. She's, well, she's well, particularly the worst in the mortal realm. Oh, she's section. terrible. At a particular point, I I forget why Sanjuan does this to her. Um, oh, 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 it it was after his murder that someone tried to murder him, right? There no so when <laughs> your plot is a lot. <laughs> okay, so there is a sequence of events where Zhang Lu, the nine headed snake demon, needs something. Yes. And Zhao Yao agrees to help him. So she arranges for the kidnap of Anyan and then pretends to poison Anyan. Yes. And Anyan thinks she's poisoned because Anyan is a drama queen. She is. Uh, she, I, again, I love her so much. She's the worst. She's, uh, yeah. But then to try and get the supposed cure for the poison that does not exist – that Zhao Yao supposedly used on Anyan, uh, Sang Zhuan orders that Zhao Yao be tortured. Yes, and it's very bad torture. They put her hands in a box with flesh-eating maggots. Yeah, it's terrible. It's, it's she suffers so much. She suffers a lot, actually. Um, I, I want to finish talking about the love bugs, but then I do want to ask a question about her suffering because mm-hmm. that was something I thought about a lot in terms of the show. But anyhow, in retaliation for that, Zhao Yao implants one of the love bugs into San Juan um, and one into herself because there's a pair and that's how they work. And what the conceit is, is that any time they feel some kind of pain or any time Zhao Yao feels pain, yeah, uh, then San Juan will feel it also. Yes. But it's pain and pleasure or just pain? Just pain. Just pain? Uh, so that's the conceit of the love bugs, and that's something that ends up running through the show. That will that will come back to, but I kind of wanted to explain it as a transition into thinking about San Juan. Um, but before that, there's a little bit of like, who has the love bug now? Yeah, <laughs> going and, on. And how how does it get passed back and forth is the question too. But I know we were going to transition to San Juan, but I do I do want to think about pain in Zhao Yao. Because mm-hmm. she endures a lot. There's a lot that happens to her in the mortal realm from like the f- the flesh-eating hand situation. Doesn't like, something happen to her leg at some point? Yeah, Zha- Zhang Lu pushes her out of a tree. Yeah. <laughs> Push it pushes her off his flying bird. Like she's just like is being hurt all like physically hurt all the time. <laughs> yeah. And then even after she transitions back to being Zhao Yao. Oh, when when she's brought to Howling in as her male form, Anyan beats her hands. Right, yeah, Anyan beats her hands. Sangjuan orders her leg broken when she won't when she tries to run away. Like she suffers a lot of bodily harm. Yeah, and then and then even in her female form, there's a she dies. Yeah, after being. St- Dabbed a lot. She dies a violent, torturous death, and she doesn't die for good, but spoiler episode, but Yeah. Spoilers are implicit from the from the beginning of this episode, right? But yeah, she she dies a really violent death. So like I wasn't quite sure how I felt about the like significant amount of violence that's visited upon her. Oh, and she's whipped like what, 40, 20, 40 times by Jean? Yeah. Like, she's I, we're probably as, as forgetting thing. Yeah, as one shot. Like, she's... Baby girl has a rough time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how... Do, I'm not going to say how did you read the violence, but, like, was that something that... I don't know. Did it bother you? Is it something you were just like, eh, this is run of the course? Because it, it seems more violent than any any other show that we've watched together. So I think it is, A, a little bit not uncharacteristic of the Zianzia genre. Mm-hmm. And especially something that normally happens to male characters, which I think yeah. is interesting. So, like, the main character in – the two that I'm thinking of specifically are, like, in the main character in Love and Redemption and then the main male character in Till the End of the Moon. 
I'm the shit beat out of them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like those those two are particularly infamous for the mouth bleeds, the mouth bleed situation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I think maybe what is interesting here is that the level of violence like, is difficult and difficult to watch, but almost like when Jalu breaking his leg it is different Sanchuan, than right oh i i'm thinking about the difference between like when when Zhao Yao as when Lu falls out of the tree and breaks oh, okay. her leg versus when Shangjuan orders her leg broken is like a, yeah. is a less extreme version level of violence than the kind of violence that i often that i've seen in like love and redemption until the end of the moon where it's taken to such mm-hmm. an extreme 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 level but nonetheless causes Zhao Yao significant pain is interesting that it's taking almost like smaller pains seriously like it doesn't have to be like full body torture to be something that is painful yeah and it's something that is because it's uh, it's both taken seriously and played as a joke Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's more played as a joke when she's pushed out of something <laughs> but oh, like, yeah. when her legs are physically i mean the sanchuan breaking her legs was taken very seriously mm-hmm. and like the so. the flesh-eating bugs were also like Ugh. a lot yeah that was that uh, was a lot but then like the it was kind of jokey after when she's like, well, I refuse to take pain medication because I fucking want Song Juan to, f- or what, Juan at that point because she doesn't know who yeah. he is. I want him to feel it too. So I am going to suffer because I know he's suffering. And she did. But she she's suffered. super dramatic about it. She yeah. like was like pacing in circles around like yelping. Like she plays it f- for laughs too. Right. Mm-hmm. 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 Huh. That's really interesting. Maybe I, it sounds like I just need to watch more Xianzia for context. Yeah. So <laughs> using using him breaking her legs as a transition, suiting right along to Sanjuan, uh, you like this man a lot. I do like this man. So he's an, another very interesting layered character because his goals and what he wants kind of put – him at odds with what you need in order to i don't know have a loving caring relationship with somebody is that fair to say romantically yeah so song Juan is a prince of jian jian kingdom and jian mountain and his goal yeah. is to be the king and to be the king he has to do a lot of shit and it's very dangerous uh-huh. and uh-huh. very difficult and also quite frankly, and many characters say this and know this, involves him having to marry a number of women. Right. For strategic Mm -hmm. reasons. Mm -hmm. He will Mm -hmm. likely be nice to them and treat them barely well, but none of them will be the first woman in his heart. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he won't be able to give them the kind of attention, right, that it is shown can be given in a loving, caring relationship. In in universe, in the show. Like, I feel like this is a statement that the show is making, right? Mm -hmm. And... It's brought up multiple times that men who have this quest for power, again, in the context of the show, are not good husbands. So Song Juan, his grandfather, who is also um, Xiao Yao's grandfather, uh, the king of Howling, even talks about the fact that he's not the best husband and well, is not the best father, even though he's he's trying. Well, and because, they, yeah, this ahead. is, I think, I'm good interesting to talk about in more detail because this is one of the those instances where so Anyan who is Zhao Yao's younger half-sister right want, she wants to marry Song Xuan. like that's what she wants and she has multiple people talk to her the first one being her father the king of Helling saying like look like Song Xuan is going to have a lot of women around him mm-hmm. and then Anyan's response is like well like you just you just have my mom like why can't he be like you and the king of Howling's response is like well I have a calm inner palace so mm-hmm. referring to like the number of women he has but the reason that I have that like is because I, there was a war like there I think there was like right. a five princes war or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where different tribes and his brothers rebelled against him for you and that's part of why like he had to leave Zhao Yao on Jade Mountain for so long Mm -hmm. 
And if he had been willing to marry additional women from some of the tribes, then that war might not have happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the show takes that seriously. And on top of that, what's also interesting is he was married to Jaya's mother. So, like, Anyan's mother was not the only woman in mm-hmm. his life. But also, really quick aside, thinking of Anyan and her mother, there is this heart-wrenching scene when Zhao Yao returns oh. to Haoling, when she sees Anyan's mother, and we learn that Anyan's mother looks like her mother. And is played by the same actress. And Zhao Yao completely loses it in, in the body of Wen Zhao Yu. So Anyan doesn't know what's happening. Her mother does not know what's happening. Also interesting, her mother is deaf. Uh, oh, yeah. So they, they do sign language throughout the show as just kind of like a you know, this is just the way our world is. And like that, I think that was the first time the show got tears out of me because mm-hmm. just how gut-wrenching it was because she, because Zhao Ya has all these abandonment issues, right? Yeah. So like at, at this point, the king of Haoling suspects very strongly who Zhao mm-hmm. Yao is. He's told Song Juan, who has finally fucking figured it out and feels <laughs> terrible now about all the horrible things he has done to her. Good. He should. And Zhao Yao is intending to keep up the pretense mm-hmm. and see how – and she intentionally baits Anyan into beating her. Right. But then she lets that – that slips when she sees this woman who she thinks is her mother yep. and isn't and start – and, like, breaks down, oh, like, oh, screaming, God. like, why, like, why did you – why didn't you come back for me? Right. Why did you leave me? And San Juan has to, like, come in and, like – restrain her and Anyan's like I don't know what's happening (laughs) because she's the worst sorry that was just a tangent but whenever I think about her mother that's one of that's I think one of the most poignant and heart-wrenching moments in the drama because it yeah it it demonstrates how deeply how deeply felt Mm -hmm. Zhao Yao's abandonment issues are and like where they where they come from and also Mm -hmm. I think circling back to song juan like how much he really really loves zhao yao and how how Mm -hmm. much guilt he carries for not yeah knowing what happened to her and also going back to like his big picture like the reason that he wants to be the king of jian i think is in part because he wants power but is largely because he wants power to protect the people that he loves because he couldn't Mm -hmm. when he was young yep Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. there is a scene that they reference a number of times where he is like eight-year-old song juan like on his knees in front of his grandfather begging him not to send mm-hmm. Zhao Yao away and the grandfather mm-hmm. being like you do not have the power to protect her it is not safe I cannot keep her here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. little Sanjuan's reaction to that is like I need to become the king if I mm-hmm. become king then I can protect everyone and we won't have to deal with this ever again oh, and this is the tragedy of it being the kind mm-hmm. of person who can be the king is what makes him an unsuitable partner for Zhao Yao Yep, and rewinding also for Anyan, even though she's dead set. So she talks to her father about it, the king of Haoling, but also to Zhao Yao about this. And Zhao Yao is like, look, you can't you can't be his one and only. You're never going to be able to be his one and only. And if you're dead set on this, like that's something you have to understand. Mm-hmm. So you and you had actually mentioned this, and I know we're supposed to be talking about Sang Shuan right now, but you had mentioned this that um we might see in the second half of Lost You Forever how this plays out for Anyan and if her lack of political savvy kind of like ends up not being her downfall, but like leads to her being in some sticky, unhappy situations. Yeah, one of the things that I am – so looking ahead a little bit, in, and I, I want to make sure we dwell a little bit more on Song Juan and Zhao Yao's sure. difficult relationship. Sure, I had another question. Yeah, yeah. but like – he also like because we see him courting different women for different mm-hmm. reasons, and the mm-hmm. other the other main one that we see is aside from the woman he actually marries. Yeah, uh, that poor is, woman. Yeah, is uh, Jinyu, who is the princess of Chanrong, or she's descended from the Chanrong royal family, right? But she's uh, in the in the central plains. Yeah, she's in the central plains region, which he is trying to gain power over so that he can then take over. Gion. It's a mm-hmm. political intrigue. Is it, it's happening? It's there. Yes. <laughs> but like that same conversation that like Anyan's father has with her about 
Song Xuan's unsuitability as like mm-hmm. a partner is like the same conversation that Fang Long Jin Yu's brother has with her. Like, hey, mm-hmm. like just so you like if you want him, like you will never be his one and only. Like this this mm-hmm. will never be the case. Um and that doesn't mean that there aren't things to be gained by marrying right. him. Right. But they are it is not a loving monogamous relationship. And the way that they both reacted to it was very different and very interesting because because Jinyue is more politically savvy, mm-hmm. right? She, she's doing it for it, they both both Song Juan and Jinyue understand from the beginning that the part of the reason they like each other is their position, right? Right, and that they match each other in a way. So, kind of coming back to Song Juan, then um, he has a long rocky road to get where he wants to get from assassination attempts to dealing with his asshole fifth and seventh uncles who like want to kill him and use their sons to try to kill him multiple times or discredit him and all this kind of stuff. And do we want to talk a little bit about his journey or do we want to get right to where he ends up by the end of season one? I think we can talk very briefly about the development of his relationship with Xiao Yao. Okay. Before we get to where he he ends up. Okay. Because I think, and I kind of said this before, but like the things that make him able to protect her are the things that make him an unsuitable partner. Yes. Specifically for Zhao Yao's issues. Because what Zhao Yao wants in a partner is someone who will never abandon her, Mm -hmm. which is at this point true of Song Xuan. But she also wants someone who will have no, who will have no one but her. Mm -hmm. And that is impossible. Which will not be the case. Yeah. Something that's interesting is that it's very easy to tell the moment when San Juan falls in love with Zhao Yao or starts falling for her when she's like presented to the grander community as the princess of Haoling, right? There's a shift in how he sees her when he mm-hmm. sees her made up as someone of her station for the first time. But Zhao Yao, I don't think, based on how we're seeing things, doesn't really ever treat San Juan as more than her brother i think it's specifically it is it is especially clear i should say a in the ways that song juan is extremely jealous whenever Mm -hmm. he sees evidence of zhao yao's feelings for other men or when he sees her like spending time with fong vang bei or even even when he sees her get engaged at the end to fong long who is someone which is a marriage that largely would be strategically useful to him more than to Mm -hmm. zhao yao he is devastated by that but he's also yep. very aware of like physical touch i think with zhao yao yes. in a way that mm-hmm. like she that that is particularly where it's evident that for him it it feels different than it does for zhao yao like for her that, yeah. that's just her gugu that's just her brother yeah but that's not the case for him no yeah and this is one of the moments where i just want to give props to the actor because in a lot of ways it's how he looks at her and mm-hmm. his facial expressions when he's thinking about her or talking to her or talking about her are so, so telling and very well acted. Because thinking about it, I think a lot about his eyes. Yeah, his eyes. I, I think especially that's one of the relationships of many in which what is not said is just as or more important than Oof. what is said. Yes. Big time. Big time. Because because San Juan is so careful with his words and is so kind of calculated in what he lets go. Mm-hmm. You know, do you think Zhao Yao knows that Song Juan feels that way about her? Because she she understands him and she loves him, I think, more than anyone else in the world, but not romantically. And she has and would kill people for him. Like she would assassinate important people. Like that is one of my favorite things about Zhao Yao, and which is when she's like, "I realize it would be difficult for you to kill grandfather. However, if the need should arise, I will do it." He didn't raise me. I've got you covered. I can do it. Yeah, she she's so ready to do a murder, honestly, <laughs> like queen. Um, but you know, I'm gonna be real. I think if she does know, she's not letting herself know. Yeah, I think it's the kind of thing that she may have pieced together, but because of the abandonment thing, and because they have been looking for each other for so long, I don't think she would allow the complications of romance to even like seep into her thoughts because mm-hmm. she's perceptive. I am confident that she could figure it out, right? But she 
I don't think she allows herself to. I think I think that relationship is too precious for her to even think about him as a romantic interest. Well, and like there's a particular conversation they have that makes me think she maybe doesn't that it has not even occurred to her that he would be possible mm. as a romantic partner that they have where she talks about how like she wouldn't I don't even remember the context of the conversation about how like she wouldn't trust somebody who could be that difficult and calculating and mean and savage right. to other people because she wouldn't have the confidence to yeah. feel like that would never happen to her and he just looks so hurt by oh, that. Oh yeah, that was an arrow to the heart for him. Because mm-hmm. that is that is who he is. Like he has his handful of people that he will never betray so far. But oh. but like that that's how he functions. Mm-hmm. But the reason that he functions that way is to protect those people. So he's it's a catch-22. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, man. Oh, I'm really curious to see how this second season of Lost You Forever goes for San Juan because so much of this season was about getting to getting to a place of power, yeah. right? And, and then once you it, – it's <laughs> power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there are so many people who are who love him, right, and are willing to lay down their lives for him. And I'm just like, oh, how many people is he going to betray? Now that – well, this is the spoiler episode. In the final episode, after a lot of intrigue and murder attempts by his evil fifth and seventh uncle, they're not really evil. They're just assholes, right? They're evil because we like San Juan. They're certainly like, corrupt. Corrupt, yes. And I don't think they would be good rulers. No, I don't think so either. Um, and after a very stressful arc about drug addiction, <laughs> where like he gets addicted to a drug in order to like tank his reputation, but then is actually addicted, it's a whole situation. He actually is crowned king of Xi'an by mm-hmm. his grandfather. Um, and everyone thought he was going to name one of the the fifth uncle. But then he was like, surprise, bitches, it's Sang Juan. He's your new king now. Ha, ha, ha. It's like, not only, not only am I not just naming him the crown prince, he's the king now. I'm abdicating. You know, like, I'm putting a crown on his head and I'm walking away in my fluffy fur coat. Boom. So literally, the show ends with Sang Juan getting the thing that he's been questing for this entire time that Zhao Yao has been having his back for, that Fong Long has had his back for, you know, he's got it. And that can only mean it's only downhill from here. Like, it's not going to be sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> one, one of the things that I think is so interesting about that scene is like when he's finally crowned, he doesn't look victorious. He doesn't he look does like not. he won. He And when he like watches... The, the way they shoot that scene, because they have Song, uh, Song Joan kneel in front of Grandfather when he's crowned, is he looks like a kid again. It's mm-hmm. echo. Like, they shoot it looking like looking down the camera angle, looking down yep. on him. Like, when he mm-hmm. was eight, kneeling in front, of, in front of his grandfather, begging him not to send Zhao Yao away. Yep. Then looking up at Grandfather with, like, the big palace behind him. Yep. And then it shows him looking, like, devastated and a, almost like he's been abandoned again when yep. Grandfather walks away. Mm-hmm. 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 He's like, he's like, you got it. Is that what you wanted? Yeah. That's the question, right? Is is that is that what he actually wanted? Um, in front of the palace that he actually had a hand in rebuilding. Mm-hmm. That is a big source of the power that he was able to build in the central plains. Like yeah. so Oh we'll man. See, <laughs> we'll see what's coming for San Juan, but I, I feel like it's gonna be more strife. I am dreading a little bit. I, I don't know for so I again I haven't read the book and I don't know I know some of the broad outlines of what may happen mm. that I've just like seen spoilers of but this is not one of them so I don't know for sure what will happen but like I am a little bit dreading the possibility of Shang Zhuan betraying Zhao Yao <sighs> bruh yeah I I think that we have to come to that though I think there's going to be ha- there's going to have to be some tension between the two of them cuz this whole this series this season was about rebuilding their connection and then pledging loyalty to each other and for them being willing to do whatever it takes for one another you know trusting enemies be willing to kill family members you know going into the snake's den together mm-hmm. so like they they have to be put against each other in some way, shape, or form. And I yeah. think, I think 
why they're going to be put against each other is probably Zhao Ya's relationships with some of the other men in her life. Yeah, when he actually feels like he's losing her, I think yeah. is what will do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think... Uh, so another drama that a lot of people moved to watching after watching um, Lost You Forever that I'm reminded of and what we're thinking about is Goodbye, My Princess. Mm, you liked that one. I liked it, and it also broke my heart. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and thinking about it still sometimes, like, makes me upset. But it, again, <laughs> has that, like, crown prince character. I think the way I've described it before is, like, like he marries someone for, like, political reasons, and, like, he does they – do, they do fall in love, and he loves her, but not as much as power and not as much as his revenge. And that is their tragedy. Yeah. And I think the thing about that that makes me think about San Juan is that there are three women who love him in different ways and for different reasons, and he's not going to be able to protect them all. Nope. You know? I don't I don't know, quite know how hearts are going to break and whose heart and in what way. Um, and also, he has a whole wife by the end. So like, oh, yeah. yeah like he, has, he has a whole wife that we're not even counting. Yeah. I feel so bad for her. She married him at a rough time. The first time we meet her is the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Which he's like, Zhao Yao, don't clap at my wedding. And she like turns and walks away. Oh, oh, God. Oh, God. The love look, triangles look is, are like, so he complicated. Knows, he knows that like. I think in the back of his head, he's had like, oh, well, like, maybe, maybe if I, I don't have to marry anyone else. But once mm-hmm. he, like, commits and is married to someone else, like, Zhao mm-hmm. Ya will never be with him. Like, he nope. knows that. Mm-hmm. That's, like, the point of no return. And he's going to hold her above everyone else, which poor Anyan is going to have to deal with as well. You know, she's already kind of figured out, you know, he loves Zhao Ya more than her. Mm-hmm. Um, though her father tries to smooth it over and was like, if you, if someone asked you if you love mother and me more, what would you say? Right? But like, it's not the same. Mm-mm. It's not the same. So, ugh. All right. Well, that was, this has been part one of the spoiler discussion, which we, we, we will should have known and kind of knew that this would take us a while. So tune in to part two of Which is really spo- part three. I was going to say that. It's part two of the spoiler section and part three of the overall conversation uh, in which we're going to talk about Fong Long, Jiang Lu, My Snake Demon Man, and Tushan Jing. And I guess any last feelings that we didn't get out, you know, over the course of three episodes. <laughs> but honestly, if we were going to talk about any show for three episodes, I'm not surprised that it's lost you forever. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, if you need to take a break between episodes, Craig, where can they find us for like other non-Lost You Forever related reasons? You can find us at sexlovelit on Instagram. We'll be back. I think we're dropping these at the same time. So feel free to take a break in between or to power right on to part three of our Lost You Forever discussion. But this has been yet another episode of Sex Love Literature. And we'll see you again soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Da na 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 na